Marketing Television, the video channel dedicated to thought leadership from the world's top marketing executives. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of Pedowitz Group. Today's guest is Sanjay Delacchia, Chief Marketing Officer of Marketo. So in addition to driving pipeline, demand generation, and revenue for Marketo and being a key partner to sales, Sanjay is also responsible for extending Marketo's thought leadership, driving overall marketing operations, developing business segments, and expanding the reach of the company's solution partner ecosystem and customer network. Sanjay, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Really appreciate it. Awesome. So, you know, you speak a lot and, and everyone, you know, hears you talk a lot about um, some of the aspects of your job. What I'm curious about, though, is what are, what's one of your bigger challenges? I mean, what, you know, as a successful executive in your own right, what do you, what keeps you awake at night, I guess? Yeah, I mean, the, the root of all of my problems uh, is really growth and scaling and how do we keep uh, all of that going, you know, Marketo's been a, a growth company from the beginning, and um, and it continues to be. And so, all of the things associated with growth and scaling, whether that's growing and scaling the team, uh, or uh, growing and scaling our footprint in market and accessing new markets and continuing to drive that uh, that growth overall, is is really what what keeps me up. Um, Lots of different dimensions to that, uh, of course. Uh, you know, cross-selling into our customer base. You know, when I started this four years ago, you know, we didn't have uh, you know almost five thousand customers to be selling to. Um, you know, now today we do. Um, you know, we didn't have big operations in Japan and Australia and Europe and on the continent, uh, and today we do. Um, you know, uh, we. We're predominantly selling to B2B uh, companies and, you know, really weren't selling to large, uh, large global enterprises back then four years ago. Today we are. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of multitasking that has to happen today that, uh, that didn't really have to happen, uh, you know. So as you've grown the team, are you finding the skills you need today in new hires are different than what they were a few years ago? And if so, what are they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I talk a lot about this, uh, and it's really from our own experience. Uh, there, there used to be a, a need and a focus for specialist skills, right? And you said, you know, need uh, somebody who was really specialized and had a lot of experience in demand gen because we didn't have a lot of time for, uh, you know, on-the-job learning or training or a specialist in uh, PR, et cetera, um, and, you know, on and on. Uh, and really what we're finding now as we are, as I said, having to do lots of multitasking is you have to be able to think uh, about lots of different markets. If you have to be able to think about lots of different solutions, perhaps, if you have to be able to think uh, about lots of different messages, um, if you have to be able to think about lots of different channels and places to connect with people, uh, you really need more of an athlete. Um, you know, I call them da Vinci's, right? Uh, as opposed to, you know, these, uh, you know, these highly specialized uh, folks. You really need these Renaissance-like uh, folks that are able to operate across boundaries uh, and lead across boundaries uh, and think flexibly uh, across boundaries and, and really, you know, thrive uh, with the ambiguity of it all. So how do you how do you evaluate for that? Yeah, you know, I used to be a hundred years ago. I used to be a, a McKinsey consultant, um, and you know, one of the things that we did uh, in the interview process 
uh, back then, and lots of people, you know, uh, did as well and still do, is uh, you're really trying to uncover how people think. And so you use things like case interviews, right? It's situational problem solving, um, you know, and very often it had nothing to do with any specific thing that you would ever expect somebody to have knowledge about, but rather uh, an example that would illustrate are they able to take a problem, break it down, and logically take steps through uh, through a process? And so I'll I'll often employ that um, when uh, when interviewing folks. Um, you know that's that's one. Uh, two is uh, you know looking for people's own ability to communicate uh, to you uh, how past experiences demonstrate their ability uh, to operate across these boundaries to lead. Um, you know, horizontally, et cetera. Um, and if, you know, if that stumps people, if that, you know, seems hard, you know, it probably isn't exactly right uh, in terms of the fit. That makes a lot of sense. So, of course, being a, uh, a technology company, especially one of the world's leading marketing technology companies, how are you seeing the, the role of technology evolve in the role, not just with the role Marketo plays specifically, but all the other technology growth that's happening you know, where, where is that playing impact in your organization? Yeah, I mean, uh, everywhere, right? It's, uh, as you, if you just come off of this conversation that we just had about organization, it's now something that I, I look for and test for in everybody's base knowledge. It doesn't matter what your function is, right? I mean, you could be a PR and communications specialist. You, you still have to have facility now with technology because it is embedded in almost everything uh, that we do. Um, uh, so that's you know one. Two is the the scale at which we are all operating in the organization, the world that we are, are operating in demands uh, the technology to help us all move faster and more efficiently. You know, so for instance, um, you know the the predictive technologies that are you know being developed. You know, we're, we're talking about some, but lots of other people are developing them. It is almost becoming a requirement, right? Because we're all inundated with so much data. I like to say, you know, big data is bullshit. You know, what I really want is good data, right? And the right data. And um, and so I need technology uh, like predictive capabilities, et cetera, to be able to just sort of fast forward through a whole bunch of junk uh, to get to the things that I need. Um, and that, you know, happens on every dimension, you know, the ROI tracking and reporting, et cetera. I don't have time to wait for a three-week analysis on, hey, what was working, what's not working, so that I can shift dollars around. I need to know now, right? Um, and so it's all about speed. So I, you know, I find that the technology uh, effect, as it were, uh, in our business is really about speed and how do I drive, um, you know, the outcomes that I need faster and get the tasks that I need done faster uh, and allow people to spend time not being programmers, but being marketers, um, uh, you know, as, as much as they can. So if, you, so if you had a choice between, I guess, speed and perfection, you would take speed? I would take speed every day of the week, every day of the week, because, you know, I learned a long time ago, I can't be perfect. Um, and, you know, the, the search for perfection uh, is, you know, is a fool's errand. And, um, you know, we've, we've all... We've all heard the adages of, you know, fail fast uh, but and fail forward, um, you know, but I really do believe it, right? The, 
uh, we've seen it over and over again in almost every facet of our uh, our lives and industries. You know, at the at the company level, when people talk about innovation, you know, they always talk about what a virtue it is for entrepreneurs or companies to have been innovating and, and finding bad ideas, but doing it rapidly so that they can find the one winner, um, you know, or in technology, uh, you know, it was, I don't know, 15 years ago when agile, uh, you know, as a, as a development process came into vogue as opposed to waterfall development, because everyone realized that, geez, you could spend a whole bunch of time and then get here and realize, oh my God, we, we missed it, we screwed it up, whatever. And what you really want to be doing is iterating very fast. And, and the same metaphor, uh, I think, applies here for, um, you know, for revenue teams, is uh, the fact that you know, we, we used to live in a world where you know, we could all sit around thinking about the clever thing for six months and then execute it for three or four and then, uh, you know, and then do three or four uh, analysis. Probably significant culturally, isn't it? I mean trying to build a team where you're encouraging them to fail fast, fail often, because I think a lot of times people are reticent to do that. They're worried that they're going to get yeah. in trouble or there's going to be some type of you know poor outcome associated with that versus it's all about constant learning and moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the cultural part is is sometimes the hardest part, right? you got to... Uh, you got to create an environment that encourages it and uh, an environment where people, you know, feel safe doing it. I like to say, you know, uh, as we were building the culture here on our team, I, I like to say, hey, this is a team where everybody has got to feel like they have everybody's back as opposed to an environment where everybody is watching their back, right? Um, and it starts there. It starts with, uh, you know, everybody... Uh, feeling like they're in a safe place and not trying to, you know, do the CYA, or, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that starts with leadership, you know, in terms of goal setting and how we uh, process our, you know, successes and failures. And then it's, uh, and then it follows with, you know, how people treat each other, right? And is it uh, a, a star system or is it a, uh, a collaborative a uh, place where everybody, you know, succeeds and fails uh, together. And, you know, obviously, you know, my own point of view is that, uh, you know, a, a, uh, a team that feels like they succeed uh, and fail together as opposed to a collection of, you know, stars um, is the one that will, uh, that will outperform uh, the other, you know, every day of the week. Great advice. So, shift gears into content. And yeah. You know, Marketo has been exceptional at putting out best practice all leadership content. But are you finding, though, that it gets challenging, you know, year after year just with all the other vendors and, and the noise and just everything happening? How do you ensure that your message, what you want to say, is getting through effectively to your audience, especially as your business keeps changing? Yeah, you know, it's... Um there's no secret sauce here, right? It's it's t stamina, as you said, right? Year after year, you gotta you gotta keep doing, you gotta keep um, the shoulder to the wheel, so to speak, with it. Um, and content, you know, by its own definition, will uh, will float to the top if it's good content, right? Um, now, back to our earlier discussion about, you know, I learned a long time ago, I'm not going to be perfect. Uh, so, point one is you gotta have the stamina. 
and when I say stamina, you know, put it in air quotes, that means, you know, the commitment organizationally, it means, you know, resources, it means time that you set aside to, uh, to do it. Uh, but then two, um, you know, your content's not always going to be great, right? Just like, uh, you know, I always uh, think about these things as relationships, right? As you say, there's so much content, there's so much noise, et cetera. Um, we have to foster an environment where, you know, you, Jeff, might be looking for content from me because historically it's been pretty good, right? Uh, or valuable or, you know, added something uh, to you uh, or to your, your life experience in, in a way that's very similar to our relationships, right? And you and I are friends uh, and I am a good guy, you know, 85% of the time and, you know, and I'm helpful 85% of the time, you know, and every so often I say something that's really stupid or, you know, I'm having an off day and I'm a jerk. You will forgive that because we have a relationship, because we've had a sustained uh, pattern of me creating, you know, mostly good uh, content. And, and so I think the same pattern applies, is that if you've spent the time uh, to create a pattern with, with folks where they know that you are generating content that's going to be useful to them, um, they will look for it. And that, by definition, will keep the noise, uh, as it were, out of their, uh, out of their purview. So there's, there's a lot of talk about omni-channel and mixing and a certain number of touches to get engagement. For Marketo, is there a certain channel or combination of channels that seems to work better for your audiences? Gosh, you know, it varies. It really does. It depends on who we're trying to talk to, right? Talking to CMOs versus uh, talking to, you know, directors of demand gen versus, um, you know, communications uh, folks, et cetera. Uh, it, can, it can go all over the map. It, and then you can slice it by different dimensions of, uh, of uh, you, know, uh, you know, tech savvy, uh, age, geography. Um, all over. So, you know, I would be I would be going against my own grain if I said that there was, uh, you know, some uh, generalizations that you could make. You really do have to treat people as individuals and, and figure out their own preferences. With that said, um, I will, you know, make the generalization that it seems to me uh, right now that the combination of email, web, i.e. your owned properties, um, you know, my website, et cetera, uh, and the um, social platforms, uh, the, you know, folks like Facebook, Google, um, you know, and therefore mechanisms, um, you know, like the retargeting and or, you know, the more directed uh, things that we can now do with a platform like uh, Marketo, is that the combination of those three, because that, uh, in general, uh, covers all the different places that most human beings live and how they tend to rotate, um, you know, through those places. And you know, somebody's out there watching, going, "Oh my God, he didn't say mobile." Well, you know, I've always thought, you know, mobile is not a place. You know, mobile is a platform, right? I can do my email on my mobile device. I can, you know, browse the web. And go to your website on my mobile device. I'm looking at Facebook and my feed, you know, on my mobile device. And so uh, that combination, I have found, uh, you know, again at a very general level, uh, is is the right 
set of places for us to be at, uh, interacting with folks, and you know, and therefore where we uh, drive a lot of our investment. And then the trick is is for Jeff versus Sanjay versus you know uh, the next person we're trying to get to is what's the right combination and what's the right cadence and all of that, um, all of that stuff. We all want to know. <laughs> so, exactly. uh, Jeff, in your opinion, what's the next big transformation coming that, uh, over the next couple of years? What does CMOs need to get ready for? Um, I think the big thing is you know we all talk about this whole Internet of Things uh, phenomenon, but what it really means is. Marketers going to have to get way better at listening, way better at listening, right? Because that's what this Internet of Things um, revolution or transformation is going to enable. Uh, it's going to enable me to pick up signals from, you know, literally millions and billions of different places, uh, and my ability. Uh, and again, this is this goes well beyond now marketing, right? It's you know the entire organization. Uh, is going to have to transform around this notion of the customer experience and these billions of interactions uh, in all the places and my thermostat and my car and my refrigerator and my email box and my, you know, I mean, on and on and on. Um, every place becomes a place to pick up signal and then beyond that, ultimately, you know, to respond back in some way in a timely manner. Um, that's the transformation for the enterprise, right? Uh, that will ultimately then come home to roost for for the marketers. Right. So, uh, in closing, if you had to give one piece of advice to your fellow CMO who's trying to build their organization, what would it be? You know, um, surround yourself with people better than you, right? I always tell the story that my mother uh, told me. She said, live your life by the real estate theory. And I said, well, what do you mean? Is that location? I don't get that. She said, no, no, no. You always buy the ugly house on a block. Uh, you know, because if you do, then your stock will rise. Uh, if you buy the pretty house on the block, you've set the market. And uh, there's nowhere for you to go. And so when you're building teams, when you're picking places to go, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? Um, and so... You know, I would uh, I would tell every CMO look for people out there that have you know more energy than you that have uh, perhaps you know more uh, experience uh, than you in lots of different dimensions and particularly as we talk about all of this technology uh, that's around us, look for people that are comfortable in those uh, in those settings in those environments, and you know your stock will rise. Great advice, Sanjay. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jeff. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it.